Welcome to Kingdom Connection with Pastor Jensen Franklin. Money, possessions, generosity, blessing. Some folks get a little antsy whenever these subjects come up in church. Well, I have a newsflash. Did you know Jesus said more about these things than he did about heaven or hell? It's true. In fact, in the entire Bible, money and possessions are the second most covered topic. In God's economy, our handling of money and possessions is inextricably linked to our spiritual health. God wants to bless us, sometimes with money, others with that which money cannot buy. Let's join Pastor Franklin as he helps us understand God's plan for all that he gives us to steward. Matthew chapter 6, I want to begin reading with verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys nor thieves break in and steal. Here's the big one, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Isn't that powerful? While we're in there, go to verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and things shall be added to you. Things shall be added to you. How to be blessed more than ever before. How to be more blessed than ever before. I want to talk to you about this sermon that Jesus preached on the Mount of Olives. The Sermon on the Mount, as it's famously called. It started in chapter 5 and chapter 6 is also the same sermon Jesus preached Really, and it goes into the next one partially. Jesus preached three chapters in one sermon, so don't complain about my messages. Amen. But I want you to see how important it is and what you do to be more blessed than ever, even in the circumstances that we're in. What I'm going to share with you today is the secret to a more blessed life. Giving doesn't come naturally to people. People have to be taught what the Word of God says. Forbes magazine recently had an article by a theologian that they put in their secular magazine, Money Magazine. And they said, astonishingly, this scholar said that the second most often referred to topic in the Bible is money and possessions. Second only to forgiveness, repentance, and love is money and possessions. 2,350 verses are in the Bible on money. Jesus said more about money than he did about heaven or hell. Combined. Why? Why? Jesus used 11 out of 39 parables to teach about money and stewardship. Why? 15% of Jesus' recorded words were about money. It almost makes me mad to hear that. Money? With all the things? Money? There must be more to it than just money. There must be something about money and what we do with it that is critical to 
our relationship with God. The Bible said in the text that I read that where a man's treasure is, there his heart is going to be also. What does that mean? Your heart, according to Jeremiah, your heart is, is deceitfully wicked. Your heart cannot be trusted. Your heart will deceive you. And it's not talking about your physical heart. It's the core of who you are. Then there's this verse in Proverbs 4 that says, guard your heart, protect your heart with all diligence for out of it flows all the issues of life. The issues of life are the important factors, one translation said, of decisions of life. It comes out of Where's your heart? How's your heart doing? The Bible said, with our heart, we believe unto God. Well, what's that talking about? It's not talking about our emotions. It's talking about our will. It's talking about the core of who we are. The Bible talks about so many things concerning our heart over and over and over. And it's talking about the core of who we are and having a heart that is going after God. Here's what I want you to understand. The reason that he said where a man's treasure is or his money is, there his heart will be also is because your giving decides the focus of your heart. That wherever your resources go, your heart, even though it's wicked, even though it can be corrupted, out of it you make all the major issues and decisions of life. And one of the ways, the only way that you can really do anything about uh, trying to decide the focus of your heart is when you give, the Bible said your treasure moves in the, and automatically your heart moves in the direction of where your treasure is. It's really an amazing thing. The psalmist said, search my heart. That in the area of giving, when you put your treasure where you put your treasure, your heart automatically follows. You take your treasure and you put it in the kingdom of God. And God said, your heart goes where you put your resources. When you understand that, and you understand that the focus of your heart, that if my money goes over here, my focus goes over here is what that's saying. If my money goes over there, if my money goes to something over here, then that's where my heart goes. And he says, if you want to have a, a, a heart that is focused on what is right, then give into the kingdom of God and your heart will begin to focus on what can give you the decisions you need for the issues of life out of your heart. It's really something. Secondly, number two, your giving not only decides your focus, but your giving decides who your master is. The Bible said in the scripture, uh, Matthew 20, Matthew 6, in verse 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve. Listen to this now. 
You cannot serve God and materialism. Mammon is the spirit of materialism that connects you to other things and disconnects you from God if you allow it to be God in your life. And he said, when you give two things, your heart follows your treasure, so your focus goes there. Number two, when you give, you decide who will be your master. You cannot serve mammon, money, and God. Why didn't he say you cannot serve Satan and God? Because he knows that's an easy choice for you. But here's the point. Money and possessions have the greatest potential to replace the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life more than anything else. And that's why Jesus said you have to choose between money and possessions controlling your life or Jesus controlling your life. And the way that he says you do that is you give to the kingdom of God and you break the grip of greed off of your heart. It's really something. It's so easy to get off track with possessions. I want to teach you now some quick things. Luke, Luke chapter 19, the famous story of Zacchaeus, the man who was small in stature. He gets in a tree. He couldn't see over the crowd. He wanted to see Jesus. The Bible said that he was a tax collector and that he took money more money than he was supposed to. And he robbed people all the time and kept it for himself. And the scripture said that Jesus gauged his spiritual condition by his willingness to part with his money. Because when he saw Jesus and heard Jesus, his heart was so moved that he said, I will return what I have stolen this is in Luke 19, and I will give back threefold to everybody I stole it from. And Jesus said, this day salvation has come to his house. His willingness to walk away from what God required of him showed the spiritual condition of his heart. Now watch this. In Matthew 19, Jesus engages the rich young ruler. He's rich. He's young. He's got it all going on. He's young. He's rich. He's a ruler. That means he's popular. He's powerful. He, he's got it all. And Jesus encounters him or he bumps into Jesus and Jesus messes him up. And he says, what must I do to inherit life? And he knew that he was too attached to mammon. Jesus is not against you having things and being blessed, but when they become your God and they become so big that it's yours and you don't become a giver to the kingdom, something is off. It reveals your spiritual condition. And Jesus engages this man and says, sell what you have and give it to the poor. And follow me. He would have become one of the disciples. Follow me. And the rich young ruler walked away sorrowfully. And Jesus teaches us by his unwillingness to part with his money, 
his spiritual condition was not right. There is an undeniable connection between money, resources, and our spiritual condition. I'm telling you how to be more blessed is to be a giver. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus taught this in the Bible. There was a widow woman. This actually happened. And Jesus stood and watched as the people brought their offering. And the Bible said there was a widow who came and gave her last bit of money, her last mite. This is in Mark chapter 12, 43 through 44. And Jesus said, did you see what she did? Jesus said they all gave out of their abundance. In other words, they, have, they had a lot left over. But she gave her last, all that she had to me. And do you know what Jesus did? He didn't say, now quick, disciples, run her some money out into the parking lot and make sure she leaves all loaded down with blessing. He let her leave like she came. Why? Why? Why would Jesus do that to an old widow woman who was down to her last dime? Because he knew what giving does when people obey and give. He knew because she just passed the test and I saw it with my own eyes because God sees what we do. And, God, and he knew she just made me her source and not anything else. And the birds are fed and the, and the robins, they get full of food. And I'm going to take care of that woman for the rest of her life because she understands the power of sacrificial giving. In Luke chapter 12, we encounter a super successful business person. He has real estate holdings that are remarkable. This is right in the Bible. He's building bigger and bigger barns, bigger and bigger manufacturing plants, more and more real estate. Empire is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but he is not connected to the kingdom of God. And while he's bragging and saying, I'm going to build something else and something else, and I'm going to just look at all my stuff. Then, verse, Matthew 12 and verse 20, but God said, everybody say God said. God said to him, you fool, this night your soul will be required of you. And this is what messed me up. Then who shall all these things be that you have provided? You're going to die you don't own nothing. That house that you have and you say it's yours, you, you paid it off maybe and that makes you really say it's yours and you don't owe anything on it, it's still not yours. You're just the steward and when you die, somebody's going to get all these things. Everything. The furniture, everything. Everything in that house. All your stuff, it's gone when you die. You don't take any of it with you. When Jesus said that it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for uh, a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Y'all know what the eye of a needle is? That's what you thread the needle. And well, that he wasn't saying that if you're rich and blessed, you can't get into heaven. Here's what he was saying. You can't drive your Porsche into a rotating door in a hotel. 
You have to get out of all that stuff. And if you're going to get through that door, you have to just kind of walk in like you are. And what he's saying is, you may have all this stuff. None of it's going to follow you through the gate of heaven. You're going to have to go. (laughs) And then he ends, he ends this statement in verse 21 of Luke 12. He said, he said, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Woo! I tell you, when you give, the Bible said you become rich toward God. And that's how you become more blessed. Because God owns it all. And you can become rich towards God. Your giving affects eternity. It affects you. It affects others for eternity. Matthew 6, 26, for what will it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Your treasure, your time, your talent, it belongs to God. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Giving costs something. Giving costs something. Tithing is the top priority of every Christian if they want their finances blessed. I want to hear you all the way in Spartanburg. I want to hear you all the way. Does anybody believe that? I know you believe that. I know you believe that. I mean, it's the number one priority if you want your finances blessed is to become a tither. You're never too young to start tithing. What is a tithe? It's 10%. 10% of your income and your increase. That's what the Bible teaches. Well, what, what, what do you mean? Do I tithe on my gross income or my net income? It's a good question. It's a fair question. Proverbs 3 and verse 9. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. All thine increase. It's increase. It's increase. If it's increased, tithe on it. If it's increased, tithe on it. You tithe, what is, your, what is your income? And then any increase. If somebody dies and leaves you an inheritance, you tithe on that. Well, I won't say for you, I tithe on that. If somebody gives me a big gift, I tithe on that. If I win the lottery, no, if you win the lottery... You better tithe on that. If you get a multi-million dollar contract, you better tithe on that. You tithe on the income and the increase and God opens the windows of heaven and pours you out a blessing. I love this part. He rebukes the devourer for your sake. The devourer's always coming, but there is a force that happens when you tithe and you give. I hear people say, I can't afford to give. Try giving before you say that. (laughs) Millions of people are not wrong. I'm getting happy now. 
I'm telling you, I was broker than the Ten Commandments when God got a hold of me, but I started tithing and giving, and He keeps on blessing me and blessing me, and I know there's hundreds and thousands of you. It's your testimony, and it's been the hardest year of your life, but look, you're still here. You're still okay. God is going to take care of you, and God is going to bless you. Giving is one of the greatest adventures a Christian can have. God said in Malachi 3, prove me in this. Everywhere else he says, I'm watching you and I'm checking you out. And I'm going to prove your heart. And I'm going to see, I'm going to let you go through this trial. And I'm going to see. But he says, this on this, you prove me. I, one translation said, I dare you. Start tithing. In other words, God's saying, let's, let's have a giving contest. I dare you. You give to me and I'll give back to you. And let's see who's the biggest giver. Anybody believe the Bible? The Bible's not wrong. So let me give you this real quick. Give systematically. Don't give every once in a while, here, there, skip, miss, hit, boom, bam. Sometimes people do something flashy, you know. Wow, they gave, they gave, wow. But if you measure that up to the person who's tithing systematically every week or every month, every how they got it, every two weeks, every how they got it set up, it don't even come close. But they do something to be flashy. But give systematically. Give sacrificially. It's fun to get at the end of the year and get your statement from the church so that you can take it off your taxes and say, wow, we gave that much? Praise the Lord. My God, I remember when we, we, that we, we couldn't even, we couldn't have given even a, a, a portion of that. Look at how much we gave to the glory of God. God is my source. God has always been my source. And I've been young and now I'm old. But I still got it. I do in Jesus' name. Talk to yourself like that sometimes. Look in the mirror and say, you old gray fox. The hand of the Lord is on you. The best is yet to come. God's not through blessing you. The path of the righteous groweth brighter and brighter. I'm going to bless you greater in the next season than you've ever seen. Greater than you can imagine. Greater than you can dream for. Kingdom Does anybody believe that you can be more blessed? Reaching the world through broadcasting, less, expanding blessed. into new church campuses and global acts of compassion. By using the technology of today to fulfill the Great Commission, we are able to connect with countless people and reach hundreds of thousands of lives. Our broadcast connects with people like you all around the world with messages that speak to them. Our ministry exists to help build a connection for strengthening your faith and living out your God-given purpose. And our missions and relief work help connect you to desperate situations, showing the love of Christ through global acts of compassion. We feel the time is right and God is leading us to grow, and that only happens when you partner with us through Connection Partnership. With as little as a dollar a day, you'll be helping us reach further than we've ever been before. 
To become a part of this ministry and enjoy exclusive partner benefits, visit us online at jensenfranklin.org. Hope starts with you. Together, we can do something incredible for the kingdom of God. Your support helps us preach the gospel to over 200 nations around the globe, produce inspirational resources, and continue support for outreach projects. All donations received through a campaign are subject to redirection at the discretion of the organization.